0: Now we continue with Mile High Magazine. Here's your host, Murphy Houston. And welcome in. It's another edition of Mile High Magazine, and I am Murphy Houston. May is American Stroke Month, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. We have some very special guests in here, Wayne Bloomberg, a stroke survivor. Wayne, how are you? I'm doing good this morning. How are you? Welcome in. You came down from Fort Collins? Yes, sir, I did. I have a lot of listeners up in Fort Collins, so I hope they're taking this in and listening to a local guy talk about his situation. And a friend of mine, Helen Drexler, who is the 2019 Denver Heart and Stroke Walk Chair and the CEO of Delta Dental of Colorado. Helen. welcome back.
1: Thank you, Murphy. Great
0: to be here. Good to see you guys. So, as we said, it's American Stroke Month, a lot going on, uh, and maybe, Wayne, since you are a victim of having a stroke, let's talk about that right away. What is a stroke?
2: Um, well, for me, uh, what my stroke was what they call a vascular dissection, vertebral dissection, and so what that was, it's basically if you imagine the inside of a garden hose breaking from the inside out. And so um, this will segue into that question, meaning that well, I like to say what a yeah, piece of shrapnel from what broke away floated down towards an area of my cerebellum and it caused a hemorrhagic stroke. So that being said, um, a stroke occurs when the blood flow to the brain is uh, inhibited in some way, shape, or form. And that can happen with a thrombus or that can happen like with my uh, instance with a break in the uh, vascular tissue or anything like that. And so basically it's just um, a block that just maintains itself for a while until you have either a TIA or you have a hemorrhagic. And like I said, I had the hemorrhagic side of it. So
0: So that happened a few years ago. You were
2: Young. Yep, I was 40. I was 40 years old, yes. And and, and
0: I think a lot of people, and maybe I'm wrong, but Helen, you might uh, know about this too, they think that's an old person's problem, having a stroke. And that's not the case, is it? Talk about your situation. Again, you were 40. What happened? I mean, how did you you know? What did you think?
2: Um, Well, the thinking didn't happen until afterwards, because I was found collapsed uh, sitting up And this was at my former place of employment back in Bellevue, Washington. I was a chef at the time. And um, I guess I was sitting up. I saw people standing around me, and then I went to go run towards them. So I was kind of combative on that side of things, Mm -hmm. which happens. (laughs) And um, I was coming to in the dining room area, and we hadn't opened yet, thank goodness. So I was bumping in the tables left and right, and colleagues were trying to get me to just sit down. Wow. And then I had one – really strong chef who I worked with actually took me by the arms and sat me down. And right after that, uh, the MTs were coming and then came the question of my name. And I remember looking back at that same colleague and I shook my head because in my brain, I'm going, why am I being asked this question? But at the same time, I couldn't say my name. Wow. And so then I'm taken back to Overlake medical center there in Bellevue, Washington. And, uh, I had basically everything under the sun done as far as testing was um, concerned. And then um, a few days later, I get the results back. Um, apparently, I had a genetic test done, um, and it was called factor Five laden Now, I have that, and that means that my blood clots too much. So with the vascular vertebral dissection that I had, that was a main concern because right. they wanted to make sure that the dissection healed properly uh, so that nothing would adhere to that break in the artery area and then float further into my brain and, you know, even a worse stroke or anything else and so um and through all this uh two instances with me personally stuck with me was the neurologist he he pulls up my mri the image of the brain there and basically it's a silhouette of my head and he said everything was fine except this little spot right here and it was a little red blip and he said that's where you had your stroke And uh, and then he went on to tell me it was near the cerebellum and so on and so forth. And I'm just basically absorbing all this. Sure, Um, sure. I wasn't getting sad. I wasn't getting scared. I was just going, okay, I have to take all this in. And then the second marker for me was um, when I'm at the Warfarin Clinic, because now I'm on Coumadin for the rest of my life. So it's an antithrombic medicine that aids in uh, basically the blood cells slipping by properly. And so – I'm with one of the nurses there, my first nursing appointment there. And she says, the damage has been done. We're now going to make sure it doesn't happen again. And that's what stuck with me. I'll bet. And through the last couple of years of living up in Washington, I had a come-to-Jesus meeting with myself. And I was going, you know, I'm going back into medicine because I was originally pre-med way back when in college. And I'm going back. It was my decision. And I literally started working at Poudre Valley Hospital there in Fort Collins, started in transport. Then I emailed Kevin Unger, the <laughs> CEO of you know UC Health North, and because I had no idea who to email. I was just oh,
0: – Just heck? reaching out. Yeah, yeah, and I was
2: like, is there any entry-level position in research? And then that email is forwarded to now my recent manager – or now my current manager, sorry. And um, the rest, as they say, is history. And so – and I was able to tell – um, my manager, Adam Jaskowiak, and our regional director, Sarah Twombly, I was like, I'd like to use this position to help kind of dictate what my degree would be. And Sarah Twombly, she said, that's how it should be. Mm. And now I've decided I'm going to go into microbiology to segue into pathology. And though I know I'm 44, but, you know, I'm going to be bound and determined to get my MD in pathology Good for you. to study heart disease. Never so. too
0: late. Nope. Right, Helen? Never, Never too, too late. late. Never <laughs> Keep pounding away at That's it. That's right. I, I'm going to back up a little bit, and, and maybe I didn't know this. I'm sure you did, Helen, and obviously you did, Wayne. I didn't know there was a genetic factor involved with a stroke. I thought
2: it was just for your some, time or something. For some people, there is. Um, Helen, I don't know if you've heard of certain aspects.
1: Well, I think uh, it just depends with each person. Stroke is definitely um, high up there in terms of a cause of death, um, but I think the difficulty with stroke, too, is it oftentimes doesn't lead to death. It leads to many other problems after the stroke that create uh, rehabilitation issues and needs for the patient.
0: Absolutely. Oh, certainly, yes. And did you have a lot of rehab after that one? You know, I was
2: very lucky. I mm-hmm. didn't have any detriments afterwards. Oh, um, that is lucky. The mm-hmm. symptoms I remember feeling was a headache and then intense body pain because I guess my body cringed uh, upon collapse or whatever happened there. But I just remember for a couple of days, I had some severe body aches going on. And then I was tested, you know, from here to breakfast regarding any detriments or anything like that. And so
0: that is very fortunate, very fortunate indeed. And then, of course, we have Helen Drexler here, who's the CEO of Delta Dental of Colorado. How'd you get involved with all this? Helen?
1: Well, I was in Atlanta uh, when I was in my prior job and they had a huge heart walk there And my dad had had a stroke 10 years ago before I had arrived in Atlanta. So I knew a lot about the importance of stroke health. And um, so that was my my fundamental reason for getting involved.
0: So let's talk about the uh, 2019. That's The the, the heart walk's coming up here. It's coming
1: up. It's big. I mean, it's big. It is big. 15,000 people in Denver down at the uh, Bronco Stadium. Yeah. On June
0: 1st. And a great location. Isn't terrific it? location. It really is. So tell us more about the event. Are there any new activities this year? What's happening?
1: There are a couple new activities and a couple old ones that are great comebacks. Um, but we will be at uh, the Bronco Stadium here in Denver on June 1st. And the newest event this year is the Puppy Parade. Really? Um, so I don't know if you know this, but uh, dogs are very good for the health. Pets are very good for the health. Um, they lower your blood pressure, they make you happy, they have Mm -hmm. a lot of health benefits. So we thought this year, uh, the Heart Walk has always been very pet friendly, but this year we're going to amplify the pets a little bit and you can register your pet and you can take your pet across the stage and there'll be a couple of contests for you know best dressed small pet best dressed large pet there'll be a lot of fun with our pets what a lot of fun
0: that sounds like yep then you can walk around how do they do that around the outside of the field at bronco Um,
1: stadium so the pet parade will be on the stage because there's a nice big area where everyone comes together and congregates and then the walk itself will start Um, there is a 5k uh, run, um, that you do have to pay a registration fee, um, and the puppy parade requires a small registration fee. Everything else is free, although we do encourage fundraising, of course.
0: Well, that's where you make your money, right? Is the fundraising sure. part.
1: It's the number one fundraiser for the American Heart Association, so it's a really important event. But more important than that, it's about the community coming together to be focused on our health.
0: Very true. Very true. And it's family friendly, of course. If you're oh, allowing your pets, <laughs> you, mean, <laughs> yes. you can allow your kids and everybody else that's involved.
1: Correct. We want, we want. Your kids, your grandmothers, your parents, uh, your pets, your puppies, everyone come. How do we
0: start that? I mean, where do we go to get signed up?
1: So you go to www. um, Hang on a second, Murphy. I had this written down, and now I've lost it. But we want to make sure you get the right one. You want your listeners to go to www.denverheartwalk.org. That's where you start. Well, that's pretty easy. Pretty easy.
0: DenverHeartWalk.org. That's right. Yeah, don't forget the WW part, I think. Okay, you know, DenverHeartWalk.org. <laughs> that's, that's the part I forget. <laughs> it's really easy to find. Well, that's great. And it's uh, coming up, when? in June? June 1st. No, that's not far away.
1: Yep. First thing in the morning, you'll be down there early, bright and early, with lots of vendors around to give you some treats and health heart-healthy snacks. And then, um, really, pretty much done around noon. We can always celebrate afterwards.
0: Well, that sounds like a, a good time. 15,000. Is that like the biggest walk in the country?
1: Well, it's not the biggest, but we'd sure like it to be. So, if all of your listeners come out and bring 100 of their friends and family, maybe we can get into the top 10.
0: Well, that would be fantastic. <laughs> and think of the money you can raise with that.
1: That's right. Exactly.
0: Do you have a goal, cash goal? Like um, how, our how much? Goal,
1: our, our goal is to get over 2 million in fundraising for this event. Um, and that's been our goal for a while. We aren't quite there, but this would be a great year to do it. Wow, so. I
0: guess. So yeah. that's a lot of money, and where does the
1: money go? The money goes to research, but also to a lot of local programming. Um, so here in Colorado, you can um, be assured that the money you donate to HeartWalk will not only stay in our community, but it also goes to really extend the importance of research and advocacy um, for heart health. That's and a good thing, health.
0: and people love it when the money stays home. Yes, and it's great to know that every yeah. dime stays right here.
1: We'd love to see your listeners come out and join us. Well,
0: they're going to be out there. There's no doubt about it. And you're in charge. They have no choice. <laughs> <laughs> they have to show up. I want to get back to Wayne again, Wayne uh, Blumberg, who is a stroke survivor. Uh, so what changes have you made in your life since having a stroke? I mean, you've made this career change. I've, I'm sitting here thinking you were a chef, almost a doctor, and now you're going to be a doctor.
2: Yeah, uh, well, is that doctor's going <laughs> to be a little bit down the road, but yes. Yeah, that's that, but that's the, end, the goal. Game. But my change of my lifestyle was basically um, – a dramatic reduction of stress um they found out you know um that stress is a big contributor to stroke uh, it leads to hypertension high blood pressure same thing but um and i was in a change of diet which was extreme um well not that extreme but same time it was just more of a conscious effort to maintain uh the quote-unquote mediterranean diet fruits vegetables fish chicken um Uh, mostly on the foul side of proteins that you want to adhere to. Don't worry, I enjoy my steak every once in a while. But um, so, yeah, it was uh, stress, um, diet, uh, and then just realizing that um, when I had that so-called meeting with myself, was just realizing that, you know, once I enter into doing this, And when I get to now see the benefits, even working with patients in follow-up visits during some of the trials that we are involved with, I knew I made the right choice because every single day I get to see patients grow, become stronger, and if they do succumb to the deficits of a stroke or have a heart attack or anything, I get to see them fight through that continuously. And that, to me, is just my reward on a daily basis. And so coming back to your question now, though, is... I knew with seeing those end results of what the patients can do and their will and determination and confidence will give me the confidence. And that's why I want to do this so vehemently and so uh, passionately um, because I I knew it would change my life for the better. I didn't realize weight plays into this.
0: Tell me how Extreme. that stream. I've never heard that. I've heard about stress, obviously, maybe your blood pressure, but what? How does weight work in this?
2: Um, weight is a huge factor. I'm sorry, Helen. I don't. No, know go ahead. No. Uh, weight go is ahead, a tremendous factor with stroke and or any vascular issue because all that weight does. If you imagine from the outside in, and all that weight of someone who is obese, it's pressing inward on that. Person's body and frame. Got that. And so, when the blood is pumping all that blood and trying to get it to the necessary organs that it needs to get to, um, it's working that much harder. And so, if you can imagine over a time frame of say ten years for someone who's obese, and yes, they've given it you know their, the the challenge uh, as long as they've been fighting it, you know, going in and out of weight, but unfortunately, the weight stays on them. Your heart muscle becomes larger. And it's not for the better. So what happens is the heart muscle actually thins on its way. And so there's that contraction that's no longer happening as it should anymore. And so basically the heart's getting all this blood, but it's not going anywhere as it needs to. And therefore um, you have more chance of thrombus buildup. You have, you know, your lipids are building up like it's nobody's business and everything. And so nothing is getting pumped through your bloodstream as it should. And then that's when we have... um, patients who have diabetes coming in because the vascular aspect you know is not going so well for them anymore um so basically it's just the blood trying to get to where it needs to get and it's not
0: well another reason to take that weight off because it seems like americans are just getting heavier all the time and i'm one of them (laughs) and i don't mean to be lightly about that but it's like the older i get the more of a struggle it is harder and and with you're young and have that weight situation i mean that's got to be tremendous stress
2: yeah it's a, and a lot of people with these weight issues there's depression involved there's you know the emotional side of things and so it's helping the patient combat through the emotional side too to get them to understand that you know if you switch from drinking that soda on a daily basis and having those you know cheetos and i'm not kidding that's someone's diet sometimes to going to having water and starting with fruit and oatmeal in the morning, it's just getting them to that level alone, where you know it's a the good fight begins. And so as soon as they realize that they start that healthy lifestyle, and one is quitting smoking, um, that's a big of, factor. One isn't of it? my yeah. main coordinators, she says every time, she's like, "If you quit smoking, you increase your life potential by fifty percent." And does not matter when you start? Or stop. Fifty percent. Yes.
0: Wow, that's a big number. So get don't your try to
1: take everything on at once. I think this is why Delta Dental of Colorado was Tremendous. really excited about the Life Smile Change Award and partnered with the American Heart Association to put it in last year. It It isn't about big changes. It's about little changes every day, small behavior modifications. So just pick one thing a week that you want to work on, water, or maybe it's smoking. Don't try to do too much at once. That's well,
0: a great point. I think that's probably everything in life, just don't look at the big picture. Take it a day at a time, one step forward at a time. Mm I always tell my kids that. Don't look at what's going to happen a month from now. What's going to happen an hour from now, maybe? Something you can take care of. Mm -hmm. Now, I know, Helen, that the American Heart Association and Delta Dental of Colorado are recognizing people who've made healthy lifestyle changes like we're talking about Mm -hmm. at the Heart Walk for the second year in a row. Talk about that a little bit.
1: We're really excited about this award. And last year on the stage, we gave away five... Um, prizes to our top award winners that had been nominated, people who had made lifestyle changes um, that Wayne was talking about. And we would love for your listeners to think about either yourself or a friend or family member that you know has worked really hard to make a lifestyle change that was important to their health. And you can go to heart.org forward slash life smile. There's no cost to nominate someone, and you can highlight their efforts to achieving a healthier lifestyle. And we hope that you'll all think about someone who should get that Life Smile Change Award. (laughs) I
0: like that. So do you send pictures? I mean, before and after things or what? You you
1: can upload pictures if you want, but you really it's a very easy application. I actually uh, nominated someone last year. Um, You. Give their name and you tell a little bit about the change that they made and you tell their story or you can tell your own story if you feel like you've made a change, whether it's quitting smoking or working hard to lose weight or maybe adding exercise to your life. Um, even if you go from not walking to saying, I'm going to commit to walking 5,000 steps a day, that's a huge change and can make a real difference in your health.
0: Yeah, people talk about that all the time mm-hmm. because of those Fitbit things. But that really works. It really works. And they get challenges. You know, my daughters are always in a challenge. I got yeah. 10,000 steps. What'd you get? <laughs> going, great. Keep up the good work. Exactly. And then they go, what about you, Dad? What are you doing? You know, I'm watching the Bronco game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how good that is. Anyhow. Well, you can get
1: on a treadmill and watch a Bronco game, too.
0: Don't tell my wife that. You'll go out and buy me <laughs> one immediately. So let's talk more about The Walk. It's coming up on, in June. Why should companies, individuals get involved? What are you thinking, Helen? Ellen.
1: Well, at at my company, we use the Heart Walk every year as a way to bring our team members together for some fun and enjoyment outside of work. It gives us a chance to meet our coworkers, family members, or their puppies or their dogs. Um, So we use it as a way to celebrate health both in the workplace and outside the workplace. Um, But I think it's a really important thing for companies to commit to health and wellness in the workplace. Mm -hmm. My employees are the most important asset that we have in terms of doing the business of Delft Dental of Colorado. You so want them want healthy. Them to be healthy. Yeah, Absolutely. exactly.
0: And I think most companies, especially in Colorado, which mm-hmm. is one of the healthier states in the union, they're mm-hmm. all wanting to
1: do that. Yep. So they should be involved with the Heart Walk. Exactly. They should.
0: Well, give them that uh, little, uh, little uh, website thing again so they can go so, there. Yep.
1: So go to DenverHeartWalk.org. Um, register your company team. Um, or contact the Heart Association, and I know they'd be happy to send somebody out to your company to help you uh, kick off your Heart Walk campaign. It's really easy.
0: Real easy. And, and really. then do some fundraising.
1: Yes, and do some fundraising. And fun ways. We like to put the fun in fundraising.
0: Like what, a bake sale? Or uh, what are you talking well, about?
1: We uh, we always try to do a healthy chili cook-off every year. Nice. So we mm. get f- people to volunteer to bring in their healthiest chili recipe, and then we have folks come and pay for a cup of chili uh, on their lunch break, and they can decide which one they think is the best. So that raises a little bit of money. And then then we do it the old-fashioned way. We just ask our friends and family. So who knows, Murphy, I might send you a request to make a small pledge to my team's fun drive.
0: I respect your request. And if you send
1: me one, I will uh, make a small donation Uh, to your team.
0: See how these teams
1: develop? We got one going right here
0: (laughs) (laughs) already. Now, I want to back up a little bit. And Wayne, I was was telling Wayne, uh, Helen, before we started our little interview here, uh, the other day I was in Swedish Hospital. And in the elevator at Swedish Hospital, they have FAST. Mm -hmm. So all these people that ride up and down are seeing what FAST is every day. And I thought that pretty amazing. But for those that don't know FAST, maybe, Wayne, you can explain a little bit what that's all about.
2: Yeah, that is tremendous that that uh, opportunity presents itself in the elevator. So people can just become acclimated to the terminology acronym of FAST. And FAST begins with FACE. Um, So F for face, um, meaning if you're seeing anybody with a face droop, uh, primarily right-hand side, um, and then it goes into arm. So A for arm, and that means any numbness or weakness in the arm. Um, next aspect you want to look out for in this acronym is S for speech. So any slurring of speech, you just basically want to ask the patient or that person who's standing next to you and you see them go through these uh, symptoms, just, you know, tell me what color is the sky? Is the sky blue? Can you just repeat after me? And then um, then the ultimate Last but not least, of the, the FAST acronym is T for time. And the sooner the better uh, <laughs> that you get the patient to the hospital. And the sooner, I believe it's in a 90-minute time frame, that if the person is generally going through a st- stroke and they're given a clot buster, quote-unquote, you know, within uh, the hospital, within that 90-minute time frame, it increases their uh, chances of living and or hopefully without any too much of a detriment um, tenfold. And don't a lot of the
0: ambulances have those shots now? Did I hear that?
2: A uh, lot of them do, yes. Um, and then actually, I believe UC Health has a, in the Denver area, they actually have a stroke mobile, excuse the elementary <laughs> description of it. But basically, if someone is calling 911 and they believe that this is what's happening, this uh Second ambulance will come up, and then the patient is able to get a CAT scan, and I think maybe an MRI at the same time, and the diagnosis is given right then there in real time. And so doctors are on board with those ambulances, and then I think the stroke mobiles. Again, excuse the analogy, but uh, there's real time medical advice being given on the way to the hospital as well, and what the patient needs.
1: And whatever you do, don't drive yourself. I think last year when I was with you, Murphy. You were, I was going to bring that a up. A stroke survivor yeah. drove herself to the drove hospital. Drove
0: herself. But at least she went to the hospital. Yeah. And it's amazing that people think, oh, I'm just going to go home and lay down. I'll be all right. That's no, the scary part, isn't it? That's the scary part. Don't, don't second guess. Right. Get to the hospital. Because maybe, Wayne, you're going to expand that comment again about how important time is when getting I mean, if you if you don't get there within 90
2: minutes, it can be fatal? It can be fatal. It can be uh, detrimental due to the detriments that the patient would incur possibly um, after the initial stroke. And so, yeah, time is extremely of the essence. There is no lightness to that at all. Time is key to this entire aid of the patient.
0: Even if you feel like you're going to be... A- Oh, maybe a little headache and I'll be okay. Really, it's not anything to mess with. No, no. And I was was telling Wayne, uh, Helen, that last week I had a little incident with my wife and we went right to the emergency room and they repeated time after time, mainly because we're a little older, all the stuff Wayne talked about. Mm -hmm. Where are you? What's your name? Squeeze this. Pull that. Move your eyebrows. Move your, close your eyes smile. Mm-hmm. All that I'm going, what are they what are they doing? And what are they doing, Wayne? What are they looking for? Because people maybe need to think about that.
2: Yeah, it's a neurological analysis basically of um, the patient. And so if say the, the, one of the main ones is show your teeth, you know, so give the biggest smile you possibly right. can and if they see that on one side of the face there is no expression whatsoever and one side lifts up, then obviously we're seeing some signs of a delayed reaction that caused by possibly Uh, a TIA or the initial hemorrhagic stroke or anything like that. And that's just, you know, a small example of the neurological assessment that's done.
0: Quicker the better, right? Yes. Yep. Because they kept repeating that. My wife was in there for a couple of days. And every time anybody walked in, do this, do that, just kind of reinforcing it. Mm -hmm. So the importance of that time is invaluable. It is. You've got to get to the
1: hospital. I hope she's doing okay.
0: Oh, she's doing fine. And just uh, something else, but they thought initially it right. could have, it been, could a have been a stroke mm-hmm. and she was driving the car at the time and fortunately my daughter was with her and you know all is well and that's why we're happy for american stroke month and mm-hmm. the walk and yep. you yeah. never you, you just don't know i had a, a good friend of mine whose son was 24 at work had a stroke mm-hmm. and at 24 nobody knew mm. i mean he's working with young people what's wrong you got the flu right. and they didn't get there in time, and he's had some pretty severe recovery, but he's back to work. He works and works and works. But who would think somebody twenty four, yeah, could possibly have a stroke? And maybe that's where you mentioned earlier, when that genetic thing yeah, plays and, in a little you know,
2: bit. and Helen said, you know, it just depends upon that person too. You know, it can be genetic. It just can be that person's lifestyle. I mean, they could lead the cleanest, most healthiest lifestyle, and this will just come upon them like. Nothing like the 24-year-old man you're just now describing. It's like, so the issue is just be aware it can happen to anybody. They're finding kids, 13-year-olds that are having strokes. I mean, babies have strokes. You know, you know, it's, it, like you said earlier, you know, people uh, acclimate to stroke to being with the older population. It's not so much, not anymore. so much, right. and no, it just no. it just depends on that person.
0: Well, and Helen uh, Drexler's here. She's head of the 2019 Denver Heart and Stroke Walk. She's the chairman, CEO of the Dental uh, Delta Dental of Colorado. And talking, we maybe you can answer this a little bit, Helen. I was thinking about the, you said a lot of that money stays here for research. In, in Denver, in Colorado, mm-hmm. what what are we looking at? What kind of research are we talking about here?
1: So last year in Colorado, the American Heart Association funded $13.8 in research, which is a lot mm-hmm. of money. And this research $13.8 mil- million? $13.8 million dollars in yes, research. Yes, that's great. And that's research that really helps deal with all these things, right? That not only what to do after the stroke, but I think what's so much more important is the impact of changing our lifestyle before it. So we know we're going to have people who have strokes and we will help them through that if they you know, can survive the stroke. But what's more important to me is getting the message out about the importance of prevention, that healthy right. lifestyle, adding cardiovascular exercise to your day. You know, the American Heart Association recommends that children get 60 minutes of active play every day. But for adults, it's really about two and a half hours a week, okay? which is not that much when you break it down. No. It really means taking the stairs when you come into the office. Um, I work on the eighth floor, and I don't do it often enough, but sometimes <laughs> I take from the lobby all the way up to the eighth floor. And it's a good reminder of how important that cardiovascular health is. Yes,
0: And, and of course, Delta Dental of Colorado, is there like a oral health connection with
1: You know, I did not know about this connection until I came to work at Delta Dental of Colorado. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, I floss more often now than I did before I got this job. Um, But oral health and overall health are definitely connected. Um, 92 systemic diseases are actually tied to oral health and hygiene. And so if you have inflamed gums, if you're bleeding when you're brushing or flossing, that means you have some type of a bacterial infection in your mouth and your teeth and gums. And if you have inflammation in your gums, you likely have inflammation somewhere else in your body. So there is definitely a tie between oral health and overall health.
0: And flossing. Do you floss now, Wayne?
2: Oh,
1: yeah. (laughs) Every day. Every
2: day. Yeah. In fact, we tell our patients, you know, if they have a procedure done – we say, uh, you know, avoid flossing your teeth if you have a dental appointment coming up. Sorry, Helen, not to. That's okay. But yeah. We say avoid flossing your teeth for a little bit. Take care of the general health of your teeth, obviously brushing your teeth. And if you have a dentist appointment, you know, set it back three to six months uh, just because, you know, if there is any infection in there or anything like that, it will ultimately going travel through your bloodstream. the heart. Oh, yeah, not it'll go not out a of good your thing. Yeah, not, yeah. not a good thing.
1: So good oral health is going to help you know, keeping your oral health up and taking care of oral hygiene will actually help your overall health.
0: Yes. Nice way to end it. Again, we got the big walk coming up, the Heart and Stroke Walk. Okay, give us the details. How do we get involved?
1: June 1st is the Heart Walk at the Bronco Stadium. You go to denverheartwalk.org to register. It's super easy. Um, You pay to be in the puppy parade and you pay for the timed run, but the walk is free. And, oh, we forgot to mention yoga in the end zone. Oh, really? That has a small registration fee, but I'm telling you, there's... It's not very often that you can go onto the end zone of the Broncos field. That'll and do be popular. Yoga. Yeah. That would be I was gonna gonna say. tremendously popular. We'll see you there. Again. Yes. Join us. yes.
0: Well, I appreciate you guys coming in. Helen Drexler, who's the uh, CEO of Delta Dental of Colorado, and uh, Wayne Blumberg, thanks for sharing your story and where you are now. You're welcome. And remember, get involved, help out the situation, and take care of your own health. Appreciate you guys listening. It's Mile High Magazine. I'm Murphy Houston. We'll talk to you next week.